Well, what an honor to be in the Lord's house tonight. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 58. I want to exhort us tonight and encourage us concerning the Lord's day, the acknowledging of it, the honoring of it, the respecting of it, and the keeping of it. You know, I thank God for the generations that kept the way. And for those in this generation that haven't lost their way through deception, compromise, lethargy, apathy, indifference. You know, it's not wise to play loose with the Sabbath, with the Lord's day. It truly is a fool's errand. Isaiah 58, verses 13 and 14, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. You know, that's a strong line. Obviously, there was a problem. And is it not so in our time? The Voice Bible reads, if because of the Sabbath you set aside your own pursuits and pleasures and you honor the Sabbath and sanctify that day by leaving it to and for the eternal. If you speak of Sabbath delight, but avoid speaking idle words and refuse to get caught up and busy with your interests and concerns, then you will discover joy, such as only the eternal can give. And I will raise you high and make your reach as wide as the earth. And you will live on all that I promised to Jacob, your ancestor, the heart of Israel. The eternal one said these very things. You know, what do we do with this? We purchase a paraphrase? Well, not so quick. We're going to read from the message. If you watch your step on the Sabbath and don't use my holy day for personal advantage, if you treat the Sabbath as a day of joy, God's holy day as a celebration, if you honor it by refusing business as usual, making money running here and there, then you'll be free to enjoy God. Oh, I'll make you ride high and soar above it all. I'll make you feast on the inheritance of your ancestor Jacob. Yes, God says so. If I could encourage us tonight, and perhaps in some cases I'm preaching to the choir, 
Number one, watch your step on the Sabbath. Let's make sure our steps lead us to the house of the Lord. Take us to the house of the Lord. Hebrews 10.25, we know this scripture well. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. But the Bible actually calls us to exhort one another, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The Living Bible, let us not neglect our church meetings, as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. J.B. Phillips' New Testament, and let us not hold aloof from our church meetings as some do. Let us do all we can to help one another's faith. And this the more earnestly as we see the final day drawing ever nearer. It's dangerous to start playing loose with church. To start missing meetings. To relax the standard. To make and find excuse and reason. To let our children know a way that is not the standard of the Lord. You know, is there such a thing as a relaxed standard? Not forsaking, that's how straightforward the text is. Not forsaking. Honoring the Lord's day. It's his day, first and foremost. And for those of us who have given our lives to him, have surrendered all, what a joy it is to come into his house, to gather on Sundays with the people of God. What an honor to live in a land where we can so freely gather Are we planted in the house of the Lord? That's a question. You see, the planted flourish, still bear fruit in old age, are fresh and green, declaring that the Lord is upright. He is their rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Planted. Getting planted in a local church, in a body. You know, perhaps that's the issue, or not planted. Could we benefit from these words? Stop going to church everywhere and start belonging to church somewhere. Still looking for the perfect church? Spurgeon said this, the day we find the perfect church, it becomes imperfect the moment we join it.
If I had never joined a church till I had found one that was perfect, I should never have joined one at all. And the moment I did join it, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it, for it would not have been a perfect church after I had become a member of it. Still, imperfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth to us. If you wait for a perfect church, you must wait until you get to heaven. And even if you could find a perfect assembly on earth, I am sure they would not admit you into their fellowship, for you are not perfect yourself. You know, what if the church or churches tried us out like we try churches out? Just think about it for a minute. I'm just here to try this church out to see, see if it's good enough, perfect enough. But what if church next Sunday held tryouts for congregation members? Not concerned with numbers. Come to church. We're going to try you out. Let's see how you worship. See how you pray. Let's see how you interact with your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Let's see how you listen to the word. Let's see how you take it in. Let's see how you honor the Lord with punctuality. Imagine if churches tried out people. It's worth thinking about. You know, why do we go to church? Well, it must be to worship our beautiful Lord in the corporate gathering, to honor Him. It must be to gather, to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. It must be to come and fit together like the body, the Bible says we ought to be. But first and foremost, the reason we gather to church is because we are in love with God. It's so true that some go to church to take a walk. Some go there to laugh and talk. Some go there to meet a friend. Some go there time to spend. Some go there to meet a lover. Some go there a fault to cover. Some go there for speculation. Some go there for observation. Some go there to doze and nod. The wise go there to worship God. Yeah, that's good. They're not my words, but that's good. Further words, I believe that every Christian ought to be joined to some visible church. That is his plain duty according to the Scriptures. God's people are not dogs, else they might go about one by one, but they are sheep, and therefore they should be in flocks. The Lord is my shepherd, and if he is yours, we his sheep will be found in the flock. Number two tonight, use his holy day.
for his advantage. And you, in turn, will find the greatest advantage. You know, so many lives have proven this to be true. Let's read it again, our text, Isaiah 58, 13 and 14. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's a day for the Lord. First and foremost, it's a day for the Lord. And when we make this day about him, we get blessed. When we get planted, we get blessed. When we honor the Lord's day, we get blessed. Delighting in his day and delighting in his house. You know, I'll take this promise for me and my family and for the generations to come, the New Century version. Then you will find joy in the Lord, and I will carry you to the high places above the earth. And I will let you eat the crops of the land your ancestor Jacob had. The NLT, I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. Incredible. If you'll honor the Sabbath. The inheritance he promised to our ancestor Jacob. Well, let's take in a few scriptures tonight. Genesis 32, beginning at verse 22. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and 11 sons, and crossed over to the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over to the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what's your name? He said, Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, what is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. Genesis 35, beginning of verse 9, then God appeared to Jacob again, and he came from Padam Aram, and he blessed him. And God said to him, your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore. But Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. Also God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you. And kings shall come from your body. The land which I gave Abraham and Isaac I give to you. 
And to your descendants after you, I give this land. You know, it's an incredible heritage. Remember when Jacob's earthly father blessed him? This too, the inheritance of the Lord. Genesis 27, 28, and 29. Therefore, may God give you the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. People of God, it's proven. Use his holy day for his advantage, and you will in turn find the greatest advantage. Joy in the Lord, place in the flock, blessing, life, strength, protection, hope for today, hope for the future, sure expectation, heritage for your lineage. Number three, honor it by keeping it. Keep it holy. You know, every, every day should be a holy day for us. We're called to live holy and be holy like our Lord. And so much more, the Sabbath. Exodus 20, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, I believe this is wise counsel. We need to watch what we give ourselves to on the Sabbath. We need to watch what we partake of on the Sabbath. We need to watch what we say on the Sabbath, and we need to watch where we go on the Sabbath. Listen, it matters, and it matters to the Lord. He's looking down. His eyes are on a generation. His eyes are on the people alive at this time on the planet that call themselves Christians. There should be a love for his house, a love for his holy day. There should be a commitment and honoring of it and acknowledging of it faithfulness concerning it. This should be a holy day unto the Lord. He knows what it is and who it is we are delighting ourselves in. Our text, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable. And shall honor him not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. It is our responsibility to keep it and to keep it holy. It is not God's responsibility to drag us out of bed on a Sunday morning. It is not God's responsibility to wake us from our afternoon slumber and put us in the car and drive us to church on Sunday night. It is not God's responsibility to keep the day holy. It is our responsibility to choose this way and honor the Lord in this manner. Number four, treat it as a day of joyous celebration. I mean, 
This is a great day. I don't know about you, but I look forward to Sundays to gather in the Lord's house and be in his presence. How awesome it is. Speak highly of it and get ready for it. Prepare the evening before and awaken the dawn and sing out his praises and give him the day. Psalm 122, I was glad when they said to me, any youth in the house, mom and dad come to you, it's time to go to church. What does the word say? I was glad when they said unto me. Is there a spouse in the house? Your spouse comes, honey, it's time to go to church. I was glad when they said unto me. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. The thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you. Because of the Lord, his house, because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. You know, if we could just make it plain tonight, I would encourage all of us, every single one of us, to make a decision a definite decision for yourself, for your home. Even if all the other homes on your block carry on with slumber in the morning and carry on with entertainment in the evening, Joshua 24, 15, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we're going to church. Morning and evening. Don't forget the evening sacrifice. Man, I grew up, it was so important. Like I haven't even lived an entire generation if we go by definition, has fallen by the wayside. Morning and evening. You know, thank you for coming tonight. You say, sounds archaic. Well, this pattern really is of immense importance. You know, Psalm 134, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. I just want to ask a question tonight. How do people that never come at night, never come to evening church, ever fulfill and live this psalm? It doesn't say 
who in the morning stand in the house of the Lord. Please keep coming Sunday mornings. But those who stand at night, the morning and the evening sacrifice, listen, it's worth thinking about. And there the Lord bestows blessing on these. You know, an encouragement tonight for those of us who are minding and keeping the Sabbath, keep on. Keep on. You're part of the remnant. You're a blessing to the heart of your God. You are a sign and a wonder in the earth today. You are a statement of faith in a dark world. And if we are hearing this and our world needs a holy adjusting, it's time. The Lord deserves his day. You know, this is not an archaic call. It did not cease with the previous generation. God didn't change his mind because a new generation was born into the earth. The pattern of Scripture didn't change because life got busy, because tech Whatever it might be, God's word didn't change. His pattern didn't change. His principle didn't change. The call didn't change. The Lord is calling us. If you're not planted, I really want to encourage you to get planted in a church. It doesn't have to be this one. Find your perfect church. But it's important to be planted. Psalm 92, verses 13 to 15, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. You know, I've thought about this, this week as I read this, I thought, you know, too many plants have legs instead of roots. And they claim their stature like they're tall. But I'd rather be small of eyes and have roots any day those who are planted in the house of the Lord. You know, the Bible also says that we're like a body. You know, body has pieces. And I was praying here right before service, and I thought, man, I'm so glad that my arm doesn't just take off and go join itself to different bodies all the time. And so too my eyes, and my fingers, and my... Can you imagine? You say it doesn't apply. Well, go read that portion of Scripture. It applies. This is our time, church. And the time will come where we hand the baton over to the next generation. But this is our time. Are we going to keep the Lord's day? Are we going to keep his house? Are we going to hold to the standard? What do we want the next generation to see? To mimic, to copy, to imitate? 
to follow after, to grab hold of. It's so true that what one generation tolerates, the next generation embraces. And so we need to hold to the standard. Don't let it fall by the wayside. D.L. Moody said, church attendance is as vital to a disciple as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood to a sick man. Let's be vigilant. Let's remember the Lord's day and let's keep it as the Lord would have us. Can I have the worship team return tonight? You know, let's remember that first and foremost, this is really all about him and for him. And the rest is under that. I can't believe what some of the men in the faith who walked before us went through. We think it was just all revivals and Oh, to live in that day. Must have been so easy. Everybody was just flocking to churches. Well, A.W. Tozer said, it is scarcely possible in most places to get anyone to attend a meeting where the only attraction is God. It's the attraction. Isn't he enough? He's, he's more than enough. Like, why are you going to church? You know, if anybody asks, I'm going because there's a main attraction. But what is it? God? What are you talking about? You go to church, that's your main attraction? Yeah. Come. Come and see. Don't pump anything else. Don't push anything else. We're here for God. The rest falls under that. He is the main attraction. And he always will be in the true church of Jesus Christ. The household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. You say, well, does going to church make me a Christian? Going to church doesn't make us a Christian. It can, though, and does aid. It's an avenue for the ministry of Christ. And going to church is what Christians do. Joint, knit together, by what every joint supplies, this effective working, growth, edification, and love. No, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to a garage makes you an automobile. But those that are his have zeal like his. And Jesus on earth was eaten up and consumed with zeal for the Lord's house. I'd encourage all of us tonight, you know, roll with Jesus. As was his custom, he went to the Lord's house on the Sabbath day. question, perhaps a statement, where does it say in the Bible going to church is not important? 
or going to church in person is not important or going in an unfaithful manner is acceptable. Where does it say the Lord accepts and is pleased with personal conviction concerning church attendance and involvement? I'd be happy to see such a text. Planted, committed, faithful, steadfast, sold out. This is the pattern of the Lord fitting for all saints. Now, maybe tonight you're saying, is this preached simply for greater attendance? No. Would this be preached simply for greater attendance? I say to you tonight, the answer is no. The Lord sees beyond the surface. And as the pastor of the great Brooklyn Tabernacle stated, no church, including the one I pastor, should be measured by its attendance. The Lord measures by his standard, by his design for the house. Can you imagine if Jesus walked into a church today, the Lord, site inspection? What was he concerned with? You know, Jesus cleansed the temple. He was concerned with prayer. He said, my house is first to be called a house of prayer. How many churches would he roll into today? You know, they're full, but nobody's praying. They're full and, you know, he'd, he'd perhaps walk down the hall if there was a little prayer room. He might be the only one in there. Or with a few. You know that Jesus would be here at 9.15 on a Sunday morning. You know that Jesus would be here at 5.15. On a Sunday night, you know, Jesus would be here Tuesday night for corporate prayer because he was concerned with that. He was a man of prayer. He came to show us the way. I wonder how many churches Jesus would walk into today. Those who worship will worship in spirit and truth. See, it's not about how many people are in the building. Although that's important to him. I mean, he wants to populate heaven. He wants all to be saved. He's concerned with the heart. He's looking into our hearts. Hear the words of Jeremiah 6.16. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. That is the word of the Lord. That's what the Spirit would say. Stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you'll find rest for your souls. Let's stand tonight. Again, thank you for coming. Lord, we want to honor you. Lord, 
I pray that we would never lose that, that acknowledgement that this is such an honor. It's such an honor to be in your house, to come and gather, to worship you, to lift you up. Lord, speak to our hearts tonight.